you know what I'm sick and tired of is going to all these different places to try and find this equipment for training for the pipeline. I know I'm not training for the pipeline, but guess what? I still need equipment to train in. So I go to attackelite.com, use the promo code ones ready because really I hate piecemeal and stuff. I like a one-stop shop. So getting all my fins, my masks, my ropes to learn to tie knots underwater, um, all that stuff kind of helps. They actually have uh, Alice Rocks too, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And I know that, you know, we've got other people that have more um, kind of hunting and tactical rucks, but yep. the go-to for us in the pipeline is the Alice Ruck. Um, so if I'm going to train, I'm going to try and use that if I can. Um, but again, it's, it's one-stop shop, hit them up, attackleet.com, A-T-A-C, L E T E.com. Use a promo code one's ready, get you a discount. And then, uh, while you're doing that, what do you like to drink Aaron? Come on. If, if it's, if it's not <laughs> a, a come on, come on, man. If it's not a good single batch bourbon, I'm going with drinkhoist.com. So <laughs> you're never going to be able to out train a bad diet. And your hydration is that number one baseline, absolute thing that you got to knock down, right? You cannot train dehydrated. Hydration helps with everything from sleep to recovery to performance. You have to have it done. So drinkhoist.com, 100% the best supplement that I have come across in the, in the last couple of years. The people over there are amazing. Allie and Rachel and, and everybody mm-hmm. else that works there. Uh, first of all, they're just great people, right? Um, they've been crushing it. They have premixed, which is awesome. The blue raspberry premix is, is fire if you just want a quick drink on the road. But they also have the packets. The packets are my favorite. So, I mean, they're, they're this big. You can throw them in a ruck. You can throw them in a pocket. You can just put those in uh, whatever water source, whatever water carrier you got, and you get some IV level hydration. They're still only one of three companies that's actually approved by the DOD for use. So you know that you're not running afoul of any rules or regulations. You can even use it midstream. It's actually one of the best hydration drinks I've ever had. I can actually drink it in the middle of a workout. So Gatorade or Powerade or some of these other drinks that I've had, sometimes they're too salty and in the middle of a workout, they just taste like crap and I I don't want to drink them. Hoist, not a problem at all. I can, I can chug that as I'm going through my workout. So go over to drinkhoist.com, use the code ones ready at checkout. You can get anyone, uh, anything you want, but whether it's the premix or the packets shipped to you directly, uh, drinkhoist.com, use that code ones ready at checkout. And now we're going to move on to uh, Senior Master Sergeant Retired, Jacob Garrell. Um, I think I just said his name wrong. I think it's yep, Garrell. Garrell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Garrell. So uh, Senior Master Sergeant Retired, Jacob Garrell, he walks us through his time at the Moffat Guard and his uh, his pretty interesting journey all the way through his new life now, which is he, he decided to be a marriage and family life counselor. He's got some other stuff on the horizon as well. So hope you enjoyed this podcast. Head on over to drinkhoist.com and attackleap.com. Use our code ones ready at checkout. Hope you like it. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ones Ready team room. You got myself, you got Peaches, and our special guest, Pararescueman Jacob Gurel. Jacob, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Man, uh, oh, well, no problem. That's just me being nice. That's just us getting here and and saying, hey, how are you doing? Man, you have have an awesome story, and we figured out all the technical issues beforehand, and we were kind of just going back and forth. But why don't you do, uh, do us a favor? And introduce yourselves. Introduce yourself to the guests. I cannot talk today. This is going to be a great podcast. It's always good when the host stumbles all over himself just getting in in the intro. Buckle up, everybody. You're in for a ride. Jacob, take it away. All right. I am Jacob Garrow. Um, I was a senior master sergeant with the Moffat Guard team. Um, team leader, all that stuff. You know, team leader, trainer, um, and just recently retired. Um, moved on to a different career. I'm a marriage family therapist now and 
you know, just navigating the the political waters of California when you're trying to get licensed yeah. so, or the right, bureaucratic, yeah. I should say it's, you know, it's about as fun as when you're trying to get something done with the military. So, yeah. Well, the best part about Northern California is it's so close to America, you know, like it's, it's right there. It's almost, almost. It, it's almost exactly the same living in that San Jose area. So take us back. You're getting ready to go. And did you, did you go into to the guard right away or did you want to come into the military? Like what, what led you into the air force? So here's what happened. And I'll give you guys the full story. Um, I, like you know, I came in originally to be a PJ, got five weeks in and, and this was in 1995 and quit I'm like a little fat quitter. Um, <laughs> became attack P <laughs> okay. became attack. I became attack P, you know, it was all right. Like had a lot of good friends in that. And, you know, a lot of guys did a lot of cool work. Um, man, I got out as soon as I could. Um, in 2002 and kind of spent about two years kind of figuring it out, you know, odd jobs, that kind of thing. Um, then came back in, in 2004 to the guard, you know, was like, man, I hated being a quitter, came back in, made it through, you know, not unscathed, but, uh, moved through Moffitt and, you know, I, I was part-time for a long time there. Um, I contracted over in Iraq for like three years um, doing the protection stuff over there. Came mm -hmm. back. They had a full-time position. Um, said, you know, why don't you try out for it? So I did. And the rest is history. I've been, I've been on that team forever, you know, deployed with them five times and that's just overseas deployed, you know, all kinds of local emergency stuff. Um, been on a jump mission out to, you know, middle of the Pacific, uh, you know, done just about everything, you know, mentored a lot of guys, ran our training program for new, new recruits, um, which is always kind of fun, you know, cause we get, a, we get to do it a little different than duty does. So, Gives mm -hmm. us that opportunity to really kind of weed dudes out and that kind of stuff. Um, then retired, man. I, I, about four years ago, I, I decided uh, I needed to find a career that, you know, wouldn't destroy my body every day. And cause you know, mm -hmm. you only have so yeah. much left. Um, <laughs> yep. So what I ended up doing is uh, I ended up looking into different programs. I had a cousin who's like, man, you probably make a good therapist. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. Applied to one school, got in, and rest is history, man. I I did four years, kind of going to school full time, working uh, working at Moffitt, and I don't know, co like everybody else, COVID was always like one of those things that people were all like, you know, made it rougher for them. But man, COVID and school for me, I got to go online completely. Like I got to see all my clients online, so we were doing like you know capital security. I've got like full, full uniform on. We're, you know, hopping and running a gun into cars and I've got like my class on my phone and <laughs> like, like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're got to go, you know, and just kind of plug in yeah. and out and it, it rocked. Like I loved it. Um, so it made it so, <laughs> cause awesome. like for, yeah, for the longest time I was like, man, how am I going to balance all this stuff? I'm supposed to go like do all this school stuff. They want you in person. And you know, it's COVID happened, man. I was like, back to being a full-time PJ and school 
the magic. So, Fantastic. Just double yeah. dip. And that's highly efficient doing two things at once. That's right. I want to talk a little bit, uh, especially <laughs> with you running the training program and stuff out of Moffat. We get a lot of questions about the guard and the reserve. Can you kind of walk us through soup to nuts? So a candidate shows up at Moffat, they knock on the door and they're like, Hey, I want to come and I want to be part of the, uh, the one thirty first up here at Moffat. So how, how do they actually go through that process? What is like their first year look like? So to start, like the first thing they have to do is contact a guard recruiter, which is one of those, like, I don't know if it's like a Rubik's cube or, you know, like they're like, yeah, it's, they're like, it's like Air Indiana Force Jones. Re- like you have to, it's a puzzle and there's a monkey holding a crystal ball and you have exactly. to like get the monkey to give you the crystal ball. And then they tell you how to like go down this hallway. It's, it's crazy. Like people are like, Hey, how do I get a hold of this unit? I'm like, I know people that work there and I can't get a hold of them. I have no clue. Yeah, if you don't have our phone numbers, you ain't getting a hold of us. Our phones aren't right. going to work. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, nice. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you got to find that recruiter, and um, their offices are typically located out, off the base. Um, and they, man, they have such turnover. And yep. I, you know, they try to work with us the best they can. They always like they they get like just a massive amount of recruits for us. Um, but that is that's where you got to start and. Right. You know, you get online, you get on the one thirty or the one twenty ninth wing page, and you just got to go down to recruiters, get that number because if you don't have that, like we can't do anything for you. Um, sure. So, guy gets through finally. You know, um, he'll get put on a a roster, and then we'll run a pass test. Typically, we're running pass tests uh, May and September, so we kind of got yeah. on a good trying to build everybody into just one big shot because, you know, we get like 15, 20 dudes. Onesie, twosie requests. Like you'd be doing one every weekend and, oh, I'm off on Wednesday. Can I run my IFT on Wednesday? I'd be like, no, we got to formalize it. So two IFTs, what did you say, May and September? May and September. Uh, Yeah, one one before summer, one uh, in September. Got it. Um, And then, man, uh, what we end up doing is – you know, it's not active duty, you know, a guy passed a pass test and it's like, cool, you're good. You know, let's get, get all the paperwork done. Um, you know, we're interviewing a guy that, uh, we're looking at for like the next 20, 25 years. So this is going to be our teammate. Like we're buying him 100%. So it's a little different and, you know, all the guard units do it a little differently, but for us, um, we would run a pass test you know, just the normal pass test. You're, push-ups, sit-ups, uh, pull-ups, run, swim, underwaters, all that kind of stuff. And we try to do it as active duty as fairly, you know, guys get that. And then uh, what we typically do in um, a little extra, like, pool session, just a moderate, very low harassment, that kind of stuff. So guys will finish uh, their swim and we'll get them and, you know, we'll just make them do underwaters and just see where they're at. Um, you know, maybe, yep. maybe yell at them a little bit or even, you know, kind of touch them in the pool, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. It's not, it's, we're not trying to weed anybody out. We just want to see what they do under pressure. Um, and I hear what you're saying, but, uh, the, the candidates that have never felt that before, I bet it feels like somebody is listening to this right now and be like, that Jacob guy is bullshitting. He destroyed me in the pool. That first pool session. No way. No, I died. No, I no, died. No, no, I'm an angel. I care about you. So <laughs> this is you. Yeah. Shh. It's okay. It's okay. Little cones. 
It's okay, little cubs. <laughs> yeah. Come with daddy. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So, yeah, so we'll just run it. And usually that one only lasts like 30 minutes. Like we really try to, it's just one of those, like, we just want to see where guys are at. There's no like trying to get sure. anybody to quit. We don't really care. Um, but this whole time, what we do is we kind of rank them. And so we rank, you know, how well did they come and just crush the pass test or did they barely pass, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, sure. And it, when there's 15 guys in two slots, you know, you gotta like bring it down. So then we do that and just see like, you know, <clears throat> who was like choking from the very first, you know, from the start, like, uh, 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 uh. and you know, <laughs> a lot of the really strong, you know, guys who crush everything do that, you know, they end up like just getting wrecked because they don't like to be touched. Um, even if it's trying to hold them. Um, but then we do that. <laughs> then what we do is we usually give them a lunch and we'll do an interview process. Um, so, you know, we, we tell the guys, you know, dress like you're going to get hired at a, whatever job, you know, give us your resume, give us your, you know, your opening. And we always ask them, I think we've got it down. It used to be, we kind of do it haphazardly. So everyone's, you know, we'd have like some normal job questions and then there'd always be one of the guys in there that would ask them just a crazy question. And you're just like, dude, like, yeah. What yeah, superhero like, would you yeah, be? Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you could be any apex predator, which one would it be and why? Yeah. Or, or a guy starts breaking down while he's talking and you know, somebody wants to hear more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. I, we don't need to hear I why, those... you know, why you're upset about life or whatever. Like we're cool. We, dude, I, I've been on a couple boards when we would do, so they, we used to run the enlisted, like basically if you're an enlisted cross trainee, we would run a selection that was out of it. Right. So I, I had the privilege of running like six or seven or, uh, you know, working for and helping run six or seven of those, you know, and there were always the dudes that you would sit down and be like, all right, man, tell us why you want to be a PJ and not a maintainer. And be like, all right, well, it started when I got abused as a kid. Right. And then they would go into this thing and it's like the most awkward. You don't want to tell the guy like, Hey man, I don't, want to buy this i i didn't ask you to be part of this trauma like you're obviously emotionally upset about this and oh by the way you sucked in the pool and you failed the ift like you sobbing in front of all of these people isn't going to get you select like yeah. it's like the weirdest thing you're like why why are you going into this <laughs> yeah. that's yeah so you're familiar you're you're familiar with these interview yeah. processes because yeah, because I, because I cringe so bad. Like it, you get like you know you're like write me a letter. Essentially, write me a letter saying you know your intentions to join the pararescue crew field, and it's a 15 page exposition on growing up in a single family. Yes, <laughs> like, you're you know single parent family. You're like oh man, that's not what we meant. Yeah, man. Like okay, cool. All right, yeah. so cringy interview process. Yeah, so it. moving on. We do an interview process. We now we got it down to like six questions. It's about 15 minutes. We try to get them like 15 minutes of apart and you know we just kind of then we all rate them uh you know we do we do it i mean as anonymously we just go one two three four five you know right down and whoever ends up in the one two three four five you know overall those are the guys that we end up offering positions to and the other guys we typically say hey man you know come back here if you want to come back and give them some advice like it, you know, here's where you weren't good. Here's where you were good, you know, and we've had a couple of guys actually come back and not, it's not normal, but you know, and then <laughs> it doesn't yeah. happen, but then, uh, we got, uh, then there, you know, brand new cone, you know, bam, you're joining the guard. Um, they, 
usually they enlist the next month. Um, so we're kind of hands off until we can get a hold of them. But once they're enlisted and they're ours, you know, their, their guard weekends are, you know, pretty exciting for them. So our goal is to get them out the door as fast as possible, because what we found is, you know, it, in guard world, the medical is a pain in the ass. Um, and so we have a really good medical guy now who really like just pushes that paperwork, but you know, like they'll come up with, and, and this is actually one of our questions now is, do you have any like ailments or medical conditions that may disqualify you? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> did you recently have a completely rebuilt knee? You know, that, those oh, kinds man. of things. Cause we've, we've had guys who are like, well, yeah, it's not too bad, but, and you know, but I have a whole bunch of hardware from a, a lower leg break. I've got, you know, I have 17 pins, yeah. you know, all the way through. Yeah. From my knee. It's hilarious when you find that out. it's, it's the classic, you know, paramedicine thing. You walk into somebody's house and you're like, Hey, uh, do you have anything wrong with you? No. Do you take any medications? Yeah. What do you take? Well, I take a water pill. I take a sugar pill and I take a heart pill and I take a head pill. I'm like, you just described hypertension, diabetes, a heart attack and everything. And you told me that you were healthy. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm taking medicine for it. So I'm fine. Oh, man, some, no. some of the best stories were, were when, when you guys as any J's, but it's specifically like guys that are good storytellers, like, uh, Mike Loria would come yeah. back from doing a, a paramedic ride in uh -huh. New Orleans or, or Birmingham or wherever it was. Birmingham, Alabama. And, yeah. yeah and, he, and he's like, yeah, we'd show up on scene and this person's, you know, complaining of heart palpitations or heart things. And I'd go through, Hey, you know, this, 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 he goes, well, yeah, I've got medication. Okay. Did you take your medication? Well, no, I don't want to take that medication. He's like, Okay. Well, this is why you're having medication a is for your heart, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> or, or the, the show up on a scene, like I didn't do any drugs. Okay. Well, you're having this issue. Okay. But did you do any of this? Did you this, this, this? Well, well yeah, I took some stuff. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it really, it really screws the process up too. Like these jokes are always funny, but it, it really screws the process up just from timing. So good on you guys for figuring out like, Hey, just tell us what you got because this might be a hard no. We get DMS all the time where people would be like, uh, I've been, you know, I've had stage four cancer. Um, you know, I'm in remission now, but I had like, you know, serious, serious cancer. I was under a doctor's care for three years and now I'm great. And I can pass all the tests and stuff. Be like, Hey, we, we love you. You're doing great. That's a great story. But you're not going to qualify. They're not going to let you in. So that's just time wasted. You know, I can imagine how much extra time people have put into trying to get somebody through this process only to have them turned away at medical. So yeah. I'm glad you guys figured that out. Yeah, that's a, and that's always a tragedy because, you know, you get a, a guy everybody likes and is really, you know, pushing for and, you know, there's mm -hmm. like, sorry, we you're and then he's doing like some weird thing yeah, and he's yeah. and he's been stuck 18 months or something like that and still hasn't gone off. And, you know. Like you can't have a career when you're in cone land, right? Like, you know, these guys right. are typically doing part-time jobs. They're, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's what I had to do. You just go work somewhere for like six to eight months and, you know, make ends meet or you're working somewhere and you're about to quit and, but you can't go to yeah. school. Cause you're really just going, yeah, you're going training session to training session, but mm -hmm. like you, you need a job that doesn't get in the way of your primary focus here, which is trying to become a PJ. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's a tough one. That's a tough balancing act. How do, how do guys deal with that? Um, you know, what, what do you guys do to guide them through there? And then follow on question to that is how, how long do guys usually spend in that cone land sort of area before you get them out the door to A&S? Um, so 
our recommendation is uh, like always the same, you know, like you plan to leave in six to eight months, you know? And so whatever, okay. whatever like job you have, we, we get a lot of guys who are like, especially Bay area, you know, seems to have a lot of, I'm an engineer and, you know, I'm super important over at Google and, you know, I'm really good at running and, you know, doing, you know, high kicks and shit. But, um, (laughs) the reality is like, you know, these guys are like, well, you know, they're going to let me go and it's, it's fine. And I just want to do something I'm passionate about and which is cool. Like I'm all about that. You know, it's good to have smart, smart dudes, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but we get a lot of those guys. And so they typically, you know, these guys have like, masters and phds and engineering and all kinds of crazy stuff um which is kind of cool yeah and you're like really yeah you want to come do this huh yeah. T- tell you, me this have you heard boy? Yeah. you know you didn't <laughs> yeah, you heard right. me you know you just have to have a high school diploma right <laughs> like, <laughs> you need a 50 on the asvab and you need a ged my guy like i don't care that you're a tech bro can you buddy yeah. breathe what's your yeah. ruck look yeah, like for sure and can you hold a conversation with my dumb ass yeah jeez oh, uh, yeah that's, yeah. that's i know you, you i know you're sitting there on your high horse going like <laughs> I don't, why am I wasting my time talking to this idiot? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, that sometimes comes up in the, the interviews, but we, you know, we'll get some guy from, we had a dude from like Harvard or no, uh, MIT, like top mm-hmm. of everything in his life. And it, he, so we hired him just on the, he was weird as hell, but we hired him and, uh, <laughs> he went out on the boat one day to help us pull shoots and broke his foot. <laughs> and that was it. Like no more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just weak jeans. <laughs> I mean, Super smart. All the, all the yeah. jeans went to his brain. So, you know, like yeah, yeah. bad mamma jamma yeah. there, but man, you know, don't be weak, I guess. That's how I felt about Mike Laurie. I know I just brought him up, but like he went to Dartmouth and I was like, well, wasting That's, your yeah. time talking to me. Yeah, yeah, he had a mic like a microbiology degree. He's a doctor now too, which is yeah. which is great. Everybody always knew it. We always looked at Mike. We're like, man, you're you're too smart. You're too good for us, Mike. You should yeah. you should get off this team and you should go impact the world in a more <laughs> in, a, in a more grand fashion. And and he did uh, because because that's what he should have done. Um, you're better so, than us, girl. Oh, you oh, got oh, it. Maybe I'm the head. I don't know here, but did did I hear you mention a jump in the? Uh, into the Pacific for a rescue. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, that's kind of our bread and butter at Moffitt. So we do a lot of, uh, we do jump the, I mean, we get called up by the coast guard, um, for anything 200 miles out, um, that they can't get to. And, you know, we'll do a lot of transloads and all kinds of great stuff that way. But yeah, guys at our unit, there's guys at our unit that have, you know, like the new chief, uh, Finney. I don't know if you guys know Mark Finney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the new chief. You- it, uh, you guard guys it is like a black hole like even guys that i went through the pipeline with that i graduated with i'm good friends with you know go to alaska go to moffitt it's you never see them again you you cross paths with them down range you're just like what have you guys been doing they're like oh man we're getting on we're doing all this stuff like you know up here at the new york guardian you never see them again like the active duty circle and the guard reserve circles very rarely overlap it's a weird thing constantly yeah. rescuing people yeah yeah exactly yeah that's it yeah we're also kind of a Not little to deal we're, with we're a private duty. club you know, we get a lot of guys who are ex-active duty who are like, man, I ain't ever going back there. This place sucks. Right. Oh, yeah. I made it out the, I made it out the hood and I ain't never, I ain't going, never back. going back. <laughs> I, made, I made it to the suburbs of San Jose and I'm never That's going right. back to active duty. Um, so your, your candidates get done with ANS. They get selected. They get picked up. Um, they get on this awesome Pacific rescue mission, which you guys do a ton of out of Moffitt. That's great. They get to see that going on. What does their first year look like once they get back? So first year, um, so we get guy in a pipeline, 
he's he's gone now. Like it used to be, they'd come back and you know, you'd, as a cone, you just get tortured and do do all the heavy lifting. You know, kind of like active duty, only you know, different. Um, sure. But now, typically, we get a guy and he's like in the pipeline as long as he doesn't get hurt or set back like you know just normal pipeline what is it 18 months two years somewhere in there um guy comes back and first thing we do is you know get him up get him ready to uh be part of the mission because um we just don't have enough guys like or yeah we've got guys but they're part-time so you know when we get a mission hey the alert goes out you know, guys who can come in, come in. Um, but training, 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 man, they're going to spend a year of just go, go, going. And like I was an active duty PJ, so I don't know, but I imagine it's very similar. Um, you get a young guy and it's like, you're going to fly on everything. You're going to jump on everything. Um, and you're going to be an active member and you're going to do medicine. You're, you know, you're going to just get them solid on our team. So, um, jumping is really the big one, um, just because we do have the, the jump mission. So we try to get them up, um, on all their jump stuff. You know, we use the SOV, uh, three at our unit. So a lot of times, you know, guys have to come back and get re qualled on our stuff compared to the active duty, which, what are you guys using? RA one. RA one. Yeah. yeah. So guys come back, which is cool because we got RA ones. And so guys are coming back already RA one up. And then, then we just got to get them SOV real quick. Um, but yeah, getting those jumps into the ocean are the big one. Um, uh, you know, the, the day night equipment and full mission profile, just to get that piece up because every guy wants to be on a jump mission. You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the guy who's like, man, if I just had one more jump or whatever. Um, Right. Well, I, yeah. I get it as a as a you know a active guard or a full time guard, but I've always wondered with the part timers because as as an active duty dude now and, and at a unit, we are constantly training not for currencies, but just to try and be proficient in whether it's jumping, small unit tactics. Um, for me, you know, doing JTAC stuff, like just to get proficient because there is a difference between currency and proficiency, and you don't want to be in proficient or non-proficient or whatever it is. Uh, boy, South Carolina education. You don't, you want to be good <laughs> at jumping, especially in the Pacific because the ocean is unforgiving. So like, how do part-timers do it? Man. Uh, when I was a part-timer, it's tough. Like you gotta, you basically what ends up happening. So you come off those seasoning days and we've been really good about getting guys orders if they want to stick around, um, which has been really good for, uh, our unit. But I mean, there are times when, you know, the orders dry up and when that happens, you know, it's just like, well, we got orders for very specific, you know, windows. So it'll be like, we plan a training trip, you put out the, uh, who wants to come. And then, you know, you just kind of start working it the same way you guys work it. Um, but for us, we've been really good at, finding money, getting extra money and guys really like trips. So, you know, for the, for the guys working full time, you know, they'll, they'll definitely come around for trips. Like, Hey man, we're going to a shooting, right? You know, we're going to go do a shooting trip in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I'll go to that one. Um, mm -hmm. 
Of course you will. Yeah, it's always harder. Like, hey, man, we're going to go to Fort Hunter Liggett and go, you know, live in the woods for a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, we're going to go down to Louisiana and do some uh, jungle slash, you know, rucking training. But like, it's just crickets in the team. Yeah. And be like, hey, man, hit, <laughs> hit me up when one of them. Uh, one of them Key West dive trips comes up. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the it, first to get on there. Yeah. Oh, man, I just can't. You know, mom needs me home. And oh, gosh, I'm I just working full time. And each, this job is really hard right now. Oh man, we switched it to Hawaii. All right. Ah, oh, well, let me move some things oh, around. Yeah, it turns out mama don't need me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> let me move some stuff around. I got this. Yeah, let me move some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for us, yeah, man, it's it's just guys are the guys who go part-time. Typically they do have some other like we got a lot of firemen, police officers, those kind of guys where, you know, their their schedules are pretty forgiving. Um, so, you know, they'll come in and do like a couple weeks and, you know, just get trained up. Um, but staying current is like the hardest thing in the guard because, you know, if a guy's busy for six months where he like just started an academy or something like that, you know, he's going to go down and then we're going to have to get him back up. And, you know, that part has been, that part's always just part of the, you know, guard, guard thing, man. You just got to deal with all the extra stuff. So the AGRs spend a lot yeah. of time just managing that, that nightmare. Um, well, it, I, the reason why I bring it up is because like, as I'm sitting in the seat, I am like, yeah. Okay. So I've spent, you know, 24 years of jumping, fast roping, that kind of stuff. But when you are not doing it constantly, like I, okay. Yeah. I've got a good baseline. Like no matter what I do, I'm safe, but if, if you're going to expect me to perform in an advanced level, um, like I need to be proficient at it because there are, you know, pieces of equipment change, TTPs change, little, um, you know, things that, that help you out to just keep you even more safe to mitigate that risk even more. Um, you just, you forget because you've got so much other stuff that you're worried about. Um, and, you know, and I've, I felt that recently, like we, we went fast roping a couple months ago, at least for me, you know, and the guys are the guys are on there they're they're like all right well come on you know I'm like yeah hey i've been doing this for a long time like i i promise you but even then i could feel that i wasn't where i used to be you know yeah. and it's not like i had been out of the seat that long but it's just i i could tell i'm like okay i'm i am less comfortable with this than i used to be cuz i wouldn't even have given it a second of thought it's just a a weird thing so i imagine for a part timer it's it's even more <laughs> yeah depending on the part-timer uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah no i'm it's it's a balance man uh you make a commitment to the guard you know it's like that blood in blood out kind of thing and <laughs> like guys really do you know they they really bend over backwards trying to make their schedules work um because they there, there is that level of professionalism right like nobody wants to be the guy that sucks you know, and it's, it's a tough place to be when you are. Um, so guys really, the, the guys on the team work hard to get on as much as they can. You know, we have, we have very few guys that, uh, you know, are just ghosts for the most part, you know, there's really, really, really part-timers. Um, but you know, even those guys like will come in and 
when they do come in, they'll help out around the place, you know, and they know like, Hey man, I, I need to just get up basic stuff. Like we just need to go do helicopter work or we just got to go do a jump, jump in the ocean one day or something like that. And they'll come up for those. Like those guys won't come on the big trips. They'll, they'll come up just for the basic stuff just to keep that proficiency. So, yeah, I mean, our team kind of fosters that. So, and I, I'm, like I said, I can only speak for Moffitt, but I know, I know a lot of guys in Alaska, it's the same thing, man. They, they just go up and, all right, I'm going to go be alert. And you know, while we're on alert, we're going to get all our training done. And, you know, and maybe I don't get to go on all the trips, but, you know, I'm getting what I get and I'm going to stay proficient. You know, I'm going to be not dangerous. So not dangerous. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Um, so, and then one more thing, you know, kind of on the guard that people ask about, it's like your deployment, uh, you know, frequency or the ability to get on deployments and stuff. So you're maintaining currency and, and it does come up like you guys are in the bucket to go deploy worldwide, just like every other pararescue unit on the, on the face of the planet. So how, how, uh, often is that tempo? Like how often can you get guys out the door to, to get some of those combat deployments? So typically with a deployment, what it looks like for us is, uh, um, you know, you, you, you'll get hit about 18 months, 18 months to two years out. And we're kind of on that cycle. Sometimes it's a little longer. Sometimes it's not. Um, uh, and you know, about six months out, you know, we start really starting, starting hard, all the guys that are on the deployment. Um, and typically we, everybody's a volunteer on the deployment. We very rarely have, uh, have to like say, Hey, you were going, you know, regardless uh, most guys want to deploy just because, you know, here's your chance to go PJ it up somewhere. And, and, you know, even if it's strip alert, like it's something right. Um, right. Yeah. And so, uh, so about six months out is where we start really kind of honing in training hard. Um, we get all those guys on orders, you know, guys who want to come in full time, we'll have them come in. Um, and we really try to just, you know, get everything down. You know, we, you'll just go trip to trip to trip um, to get all those skills solid, you know, driving, jumping, uh, you know, helo skills, medicine, you know, the whole gambit. Um, and you know, then we deploy like everybody else. A lot of times, um, what we'll do is if they'll let us, we'll split deployments. So guys just do like two months. Um, but I think that's kind of coming to an end just cause, you know, there's like, just stay in theater. It's just easier. Um, so our deployments are looking more like four or five months, you know, like it's still, you know, in the grand scheme of deployments, four or five months, isn't that long. So no, it's not that those two month deployments are actually really tough too. So, you know, by the time that you get in country, get on your sleep schedule, figure out where like, you don't know where the gym is. Like you got to figure out how, how to walk over to the gym and where do I need to go to talk to this person and get your computer account set up. Like that's, that's almost a month. Yeah. Like you're, you're really figuring your life out for that first three weeks you're not really hitting your stride. I, I actually like deploying ST deployments are a little bit longer. They're typically, you know, six mm -hmm. months, six and a half months, really. And if you go a little bit early and a little bit late, you know, like if you got to go for Advon and then, you know, your turnover, like that was actually a little bit, a little bit easier because you were starting to hit your stride about two months in. And then you had three, four and five, like really month three, four and five to get some good work in. And you really felt like you knew the process and, and time to get some good work in and make some strides going for two months. Sometimes it's just, it's too fast. By the time you figure out what you're doing, you're like, well, it's, it's time to pack up. We gotta, we gotta start making this movement back home. Yeah. So yeah, totally get it. I'm with you, man. I liked, I, I used to deploy the, well, the first couple deployments, the full time. And then, <laughs> then when things slowed down, I was like, Oof. 
Nah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just do Ooh. two months. Yeah. Right. No, right. you do you get getting that. And that's a good point, Eric. It it is. There there was certain communities, not necessarily ours, but where you would do two months, you know, kind mm-hmm. of two months on, two months off. Mm-hmm. So you're still gone six months out of the year, but like two months is tough because it it takes you a little bit to get in that kind of mindset. Um yeah. And I know a lot of the contracting companies, they do they do two months on, two months mm-hmm. off too. But yeah. I, I think when you're falling in on things that are already established, it's a lot easier. Whereas a lot of times, like if I was always going to Bagram and I'm going to do sure. the same exact thing, yeah. like, okay, I could do two months two months on, two months off. and, and You're not, sleeping in the like, same room. Yeah. Right, you're yeah. going back to the exact... Like Sometimes you go back and you're like, oh, nice. You guys yeah. put extra stuff on the walls in the gym. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, a new AC Great. unit or something like that. But yeah, exactly. most most of ours were like, okay, well, which fob am I going to now? And mm-hmm. it's like, you couldn't just fall in because that whole area is a different different yeah. dynamics and, and all that kind of stuff. Different team. It's just it's different for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But... Um, oh, no, that? no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I was afraid that I was uh, stepping on you there. I was a little bit lagged. No. Um, how's, how is retirement life treating you? Is there anything that you wish you had done different? And I know that we're going to kind of hit you, the skills bridge and the projects you're working on, but, um, as certain folks are, are looking to, to start a transition, is there anything you wish you had done a little bit different or that you're like, dude, you've got to do this. Mm. Well, like I said, man, we hired this awesome, uh, medical dude at our unit and, you know, about, I think he was helping me out about two years out and, you know, like all PJs, you know, none of us ever want to be Deniff. So nope. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or combat controllers. Um, mm-hmm. none of us ever want to be Deniff. Uh, and so, you know, we just, we just suffer in silence, man. And, he, he was really good and we had a really good, uh, flight doc who was also like, okay, you know, do you need to be to NIF now? Maybe you can be down a few days, you know, and I'm just going to put it in your record and you're just not going to jump. You're not going to do stuff. And then you're going to come back and talk to me and, you know, we'll see who, where, how you're feeling. And that way you don't have to do the whole rigmarole of, okay, now I'm to NIF. Now I got to go back to the same doc, I gotta, you know, and, and mm-hmm. for a guard, yeah. like you could be to NIF one month and you're like, okay, I'm good. Three days later. And they're the same doc that to nift you isn't there. And so you got to like either email him and go through like all that because he's part-time and you know, or she, and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, so that can be a real pain in the ass. So you could be on, you could be to for two months because you know, you hurt your foot on a, you know, you twisted an ankle and you just wanted to get it annotated. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, you're going to, we'll put you on the for a little bit and all of a sudden you can't do anything. So guard for us has been like, that's kind of been a learning curve. Um, but man, and this is active duty anywhere. You guys got to annotate that stuff. If it's not annotated, you know, I just went through the, you know, I, I laundry listed all the stuff that I had and I had a lot of good, uh, records on it and it made it a lot easier. I mean, it's still, it's still the VA. It's still going to be slow, but, um, but at the end of the day, man, they just want to see that paperwork. Cause you got that when you're getting out and you go talk to the doc, um, for your shippy, like, man, if you have all that stuff, he just goes down it and says, cool, 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 cool. You know, like, I don't, I'm not 
going to doubt you on any of this stuff. You're good. And that shippy gets put over too. And then now you're like, you got all this paperwork and it's solid. Um, and that's, that's been really helpful because I mean, I've got approved on almost everything I claimed. Um, you know, and nice. yeah, had I not had certain paperwork, I don't think I probably would have got it. There'd probably be about a quarter of it that wouldn't have been approved, you know? And yeah, you know, it's good to have, it's it, good to have video of yourself I, getting knocked out. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. That helps. It does help. Yeah. yeah. I think I've got a picture of my parachute accident that somebody took as they were seeing me fall through the air. I'm like, Ooh, I can, I could probably use yeah. that if somebody. I'm gonna want to enter this in the old me. records. Yeah, this needs to be put in. <laughs> gonna want, yeah, gonna want to put this one in. But yeah, but yeah, man, that's a keeper. But yeah, man, like that's one thing. <laughs> the other thing I I hope guys do, and and this is just like in general, like you got to start having a plan at least a year out about what you really want to do because when you get out, like if you're not doing anything, you just will continue not to do anything, and that's you know oh. that's been across the board for a lot of guys who've gotten out on our side. You know, and the ones that kind of stepped into a new career are still in it. Like they're, they're going just fine, you know? And I, I think, you know, just ultimately got, you know, guys do this awesome job for however long they can do it. And, you know, for me, like, I didn't really want to quit, but I not quit retire, but <laughs> you said, what you said. said what I said, quitter. you quitter. quitter, you said, dirty, what you said. stupid quitter. Once a quitter, always a dirty, quitter. Stupid quitter. Uh, yeah. You and me. Nice. Both. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but man, like, you know, we have the coolest job on earth and like it's hands down. And you know, when you're in the guard, you know, I, I have, and I lived away. So I would come down to the unit, um, on a Monday morning and, you know, leave on a Thursday or Friday on a normal work week and then come back home. So, you know, I'm just living the dream down there. And, mm -hmm. and it was awesome. Like just hanging out with the bros doing cool shit. And like you, we have an awesome mission. Like there's just nothing, like there's no place on earth you get to do it. And, you know, you come back up to, you know, my kind of, I would say civilian life up, up in the Hills here in, you know, you get around these dads and, you know, they're like just beat down by being a banker, or, you know, whatever it is. Like, yeah, yeah, they make, they make, you it, feel like you're a different animal. Yeah. You're, you're, you're like, yeah, I've been engaging a lot more kind of, you know, cause we, uh, you know, like we were talking about before we kind of hit record here, but you know, peaches, Trent and I, we're all looking at that next thing. So you're starting to engage in different circles and it's crazy. You feel like you're a different yeah. animal. You're, you, you, I have conversations with folks that, you know, through no fault of their own, and especially in the, in the PNW up here, like there's a lot of tech bros. There's a lot of business folks that I have been engaging with and you hear what they're talking about. And you're like, you and I are so far away from one another. Yeah. Like, I feel like we don't have anything. We, we are, you know, same age, same, you know, general upbringing, but I, I couldn't be further away from you. I like, I just don't understand it. It's something I, I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite movies, a uh, uh, tombstone, you know, I just want to have a normal life. You know, why it's little mm -hmm. brothers. Like what, what's a normal life? What are you talking about? You know, your normal life was going down Monday through Thursday, doing things that it's a bucket list. Item. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to skydive. That's a bucket list item for people. And you're like, Oh no, I'm going to do that into the monster soup of the Northern Pacific ocean or, you know, the Pacific ocean off the Northern coast of Cali. And, maybe see a great white shark and then I'm going to save someone's life by, you know, treating them and stopping them from dying and getting them to a hospital. And, you know, Wednesday I'm going to shoot guns and, you know, that's just a normal week. Yeah. 
like uh, that, you know, 20, 20 years or so of that. And you, you kind of get desensitized to what a normal life is. So that's also uh, that's uh, another reason why we have adrenal fatigue too. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and yeah. And that's 100%. Yeah. Your, my cortisol levels are completely and totally just wrecked because, you know, I go out and rip off three free fall jumps and then I continue, I walk right into my office and start writing EPRs and that's Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah. No, it's you know, so weird. So having weird. to like regulate and deregulate those, those, you know, adrenaline and cortisol, that was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, what, what happened today? Well, I almost died, but then I had to do a CBT after I got back to the unit because I was read on some spreadsheet somewhere. So no, that's tight, 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 tight. tight. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you working on now? Because you've got, you've got a couple, you know, irons in the fire right now. We, and we just got done talking about an awesome career in the garden, how amazing, you know, our jacked our cortisol levels are and all that kind of good stuff and did a transition, but you've got other things that you're working on now that you have retired. So what do you got going on? Um, so, you know, man, like I said, I, I got into a marriage family therapist program cause you know, I just wanted to slow it down. Uh, and, but the reality is man, like I saw good dudes, like good operator dudes, have real tough transitions getting out of the military, like dudes I care about. Um, and you know, like it doesn't have to be that way. You know, a lot of guys who just had super careers and, you know, just the idea of that transition was so hard that, and you know, with their families and all, you know, just life just happened to them. And, you know, it took a while for them to straighten up or, you know, get back to even. And that's, you know, that's the hardest thing to watch for guys we care about. Right. So that was oh, yeah. one of the big drivers for uh, kind of doing marriage family therapy. So, you know, of course, my goal has always been to get back and give back and work with uh, veterans and keep keep going that route. And veterans, when I say veterans and first responders and just people, you know, they what is that? The operator syndrome. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. There's a guy yeah, working pretty hard it. on it. But, you know, there's just that mentality, man, that guys get out and regular life is hard, you know, like it's hard just getting up day to day where you're like, man, I'm not doing anything exciting or I'm not doing, you know, I'm, it's just not part right. of it. It's well, cause you spent, you spent your whole life training for the mission. Mm -hmm. And then the worst part about that is like, you get the mission, you know, you, we've all been, you the three of us just on this podcast, um, you know, sitting here right now, I, I can come up with a million examples of, Hey, I was training for this thing. And then this thing happened and I got to go do it. And you have amazing job satisfaction or, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? You, you get that reward. It is tough getting up every morning. It feels like, you know, I, I liken it to CrossFit athletes that just do CrossFit, right? Like you're not going to go to the games. Like you're killing yourself every day just to work out in this gym. You know, and a lot of people get burnt out by that because they're like, for what? Yeah. What am I, tra what am I training for? Like I've felt that way with jujitsu a lot, you know, like I'm never going to be like, my, my tournament days are probably gone, right? Like I'm probably, I'm not going to go be Gordon Ryan. I'm not going to compete in jujitsu. So it sucks to go get tuned up four days a week for, you know, for <laughs> yeah. what, you know, you got, you get, you have to find another purpose mm -hmm. and you have to be able to, to focus in on that. And some guys really do have a lot, like they get lost. Yeah. And I, I've had, you know, unfortunately really close friends that I've seen just get lost. Yeah. They're like, you know, for what, what, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm just waking up to be a cog in this machine and just sort of exist. Like that's not what we're, we're hardwired to look for that bigger purpose. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, I, I always think like, especially guys, you know, in this kind of career field, it's so 
niche, you know, like we're, mm-hmm. you know, very, very tiny, you know, tiny teams, everybody knows everybody, you know, it's not like, you know, any of the bigger, you know, like the seals, they've got like a million seals and, you know, maybe a guy knows somebody, maybe he doesn't, but like everybody knows everybody in, in our little PJ world. So, well, and the yeah. fact that, that you have so many PJs and, and this is something that was news to me, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, but the fact that there is a single text chain that has how many PJs are on that text? It's, it's like 450 yeah. now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's literally how we hooked up. Mm-hmm. Like they, like, somebody finally incredible. started a Yeah. Somebody finally started a text chain and I bet that there's like 60% of P, like PJs period that are alive. I bet there's like 60 to 70% yeah. on that text chain. Alone. I, I mean, that's, that's pretty freaking cool. That's how cool. small it is. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, super cool. And it's, it's good because, and I know, I know that we have a, like a apps, Beck war kind of uh, slack channel as well but that's you know it's great because you get the connectivity we are so small if somebody needs something or somebody needs some help or their you know job advertisements or whatever like that like there's that community it just proves how small we are um and and you're right aaron this is exactly how we linked up with jacob mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like it was like on a text chain yeah 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 that's awesome not a not a text chain I'm part of either. <laughs> <laughs> not he yeah. He man woman hater club. You're not not allowed in. We got high standards for admittance to that text no chain. No red hats. Um, no right. red hats at all. That's um, what you guys should name the group. <laughs> no red hats. Finally, you you red hats have been keeping us down on the yep. ST side for our entire career. So right. now we finally get this one on you. That's why you're you gotta not let me fly. You gotta let me fly, Cap. So so Jacob, like I do want to hit on something. You know, you mentioned that Skillbridge really changed the way that you manage that transition and, and you want to get it oh. out there. So we know what Skillbridge is, obviously, but man, hit it up for everybody that doesn't understand what Skillbridge is kind of run them through what your experience was with skill. All right. Well, skill bridge, man, it is an on the job training, man. And they will give you, it's just a temporary TDY. So if your plan is, you know, I've always wanted to be, I don't know, just whatever. I, I can't even think of, for me, it was marriage family therapist. I was like, man, I want to be a marriage family therapist. I got to work on my hours. You know, I got to do 3000 hours and you know, so much time. Um, what it did was it offered me an opportunity to basically take six months, still get paid active duty, you know, all the active duty pays, um, you stay under the umbrella, but I got to work at a, um, work at the place I'm still working at now, uh, and get my hours done and transition out where it's, you know, I'm still getting paid. Like I don't have to worry about like all the money and all that kind of stuff. And it also, it, it offered me that opportunity to, uh, um, to get that actual transition piece, you know, how, how to become a normal human being <laughs> six months with, but still being yeah. able to go and, um, go down to the unit when I needed to take care of business, that kind of stuff, you know, and it's, it, it just keeps you under that umbrella for just that time. Um, so man, I recommend any guy who's looking to get out, you can do anything for Skillbridge. Like, I mean, obviously they want you to do you know, what you're planning on doing as a career. But I mean, mm-hmm. guys have, guys have gone out and said, well, I'm going to be a professional dog walker and that's going to be my business. And so my business to, I want to, they give a business plan. They're, they're going to be their own site. You know, like you can, you can work it the best you can. I mean, 
they do it for people all day long. Um, you know, the only, the only things you got to make sure you're not getting paid, you know, you can't double dip. Um, that's a pretty huge one, but everything else is really open on it, man. And it's just not that hard, but you don't have to, you know, they've got all their sites that you can pick, but if you have like a specific site that you want to work at, you just put it in the application system. And I'm, you know, like, I'm kind of proud of it because the place I'm working at now, um, I was able to get them on the site and now they get calls from like <laughs> veterans all over the place that are looking to like transition out because we have a bunch of different jobs that they That's can amazing. do. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like, man, you know, good on you. Good job. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, I can't, I can't harp on Skillbridge enough, man. If you're looking to get out and you just want to buy yourself some extra time, that's it's 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 there for us they will offer it to us and you just gotta take it like and once again it's like oh man i just don't want to i feel like i'm taking advantage you're yeah you're working your life and your life at the end when you make that commitment uh like i'm getting out i'm retiring like you gotta take it seriously you know that's all those things you have to take seriously and you talk to your leadership. That's what I did. I just let them know, this is my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. And they supported me on it. You know, if they, if they're like, no man, we can't, we can't give you up, you know, then obviously it's a different yeah. talk, but yeah. you know, most, most of them are ready to like, let you go. <laughs> no, get out of here. You're yeah, good. Yeah. Like, hey, just, yeah. just kind of move on. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. really doing anything well, what, anyways. What made you, uh... <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you said that somebody, somebody back in the day said that you should be a therapist. Uh, so what made you, what made you like jump on that, the being a marriage therapist or family you, and marriage therapist? You know, man, I'm at our unit. Like I, I, I'm one of the, I'm one of the guys, you know, you have somebody at your unit that talks to all the guys all the time, knows their kind of mm -hmm. ins and outs and, you know, guys feel comfortable coming and talking to about stuff. That was me. So, you know, just, just that skill set, man. It's, uh, then when it, you know, and my cut, like I said, my cousin mentioned it to me, she was already in, in uh, school where I went to school and, uh, and she said, you know, why don't you try being a therapist here? There's no, you don't have to take a GRE. I was like, well, I don't like tests. So sure. That sounds great. <laughs> 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 nice. And, but I got into it, man. And I had some great mentors in that program and like, it's it, life-changing, life-changing stuff. Um, oh, while I'm thinking about it, man, the difference between voc rehab and your GI bill, those fools that, uh, most of the, cause I was with uh, one of the veterans groups there. I was the only one using my GI bill. All those other guys were using voc rehab. <laughs> so just, once you get that disability rating and if you're planning on going back to school, like man, apply to through voc rehab because you get to keep your GI bill for a little longer. So if there's other stuff that voc rehab won't approve, um, then you can use your GI bill for that. But man, if you got a plan like these guys, one was a, going through law school and he had started. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he had started, you know, some army guy voc rehab did up. You know, he had like 60, 70% disability. They approved him from like his bachelor all the way through law school and he was crushing it. It's cool. It's cool to hear. So, so voc rehab is the way to go. You were the one doing it uh, incorrectly. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm well, I was still active duty, so I couldn't do anything about it. I'm like, man. This, oh, this yeah, is BS. yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's different. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. hey, man, it was a good, it was a good quality. Like, GI Bill, awesome. Like, it, it really, uh, you know, it was an expensive ass school. You know, my peers are like $120,000 in debt. So I would definitely not recommend going to a marriage family therapist program unless you're rich and loaded or you're coming out of the military. Which with a GI Bill. None of us are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What, um, but you're, you're, you, so you're working on that and that's, that's what you're doing, which is, I think, extremely noble. And I think very important just because, um, you know, our community does not just our community, actually, like the military in general and probably society, because we are microcosm of, of society, but, uh, is definitely struggling with a lot of the, the mental health and the, um, divorces and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, kudos to you for, for doing that, but you're also hitting, you're part of another project that's going on. Uh, you mind telling us about the Heroic Hearts project? Oh, so the Heroic Hearts, um, I'm just one of their ambassadors, <laughs> but okay. they, uh, they're pretty awesome. Um, uh, it started with a uh, Navy SEAL, and, I'm, and like I said, man, I should have uh, pulled Jesse that. Gould? That's who it is? Yes. Yeah, Jesse yep. Gould. And man, he has a great backstory, you know, like got out. I think he was a fairly successful banker, you know, doing that kind of stuff and just, but drinking too much and, you know, guys can look him up. I don't want to tell his story, but, um, he's got a great one, but he finally made that choice to, uh, he went to Peru, did an ayahuasca retreat there and changed his life. And he decided I'm going to change all veterans lives. So, you know, being the guy he was, he's kind of a big proponent of plant therapy. So, you know, plant medicine. And that's kind of the general term for it. He does, uh, um, he gets scholarships for guys, for veterans and flies them down to Peru and do, does a ceremony and really tries to like, just help dudes out the best he can. So they're, you know, it's a great organization. They're, they're very well run, good people, you know, they know their stuff. Um, so in that model, you know, I'm planning on, uh, doing my own little plant medicine up where I am. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm still got like one, two, three things to do before I can, you know, put it down, but I will be beta testing for all PJs out there. So I'll put out, <laughs> nice. probably put it out on the, uh, put it out on the, that others may live and, you know, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, same thing. It'll be, I want to do six man groups. Um, and we'll just come up here, try to get it all paid for, you know, that way it doesn't cost guys anything. Just come up you know, do a little plant medicine here and we'll work through some stuff. So the, the research is, you know, ongoing out there, but man, plant medicine, there's a lot of real great pros and there's a lot of people doing a lot of really great work with it. Um, you know, legit work, not, not the, uh, not the life coaches out there that are like, man, let's just, yeah, yeah. let's just get freaky. So yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's not really what I'm looking that's, for. That's not really I what don't. I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. But thanks, but no thanks. But yeah, man, just getting, getting operators, getting guys, first responders, that kind of peep, those kinds of peeps that are seeing a lot of the trauma, man. And they're just, you know, they're living it. Right. And you know, yeah. there's a great book, the body you keep score. You can put that out there, man. That's, you know, it's, it's just about how we kind of carry trauma in our bodies. Um, and for us, and you know, we're all about our bodies, right? So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like we yeah. we work. Our bodies are like the biggest tool that we use, you know, head to toe, and all the stuff we see, all the, you know, all the terrible and the good, you know, it all gets it gets caught up here, and so trying to get that released and getting it out there, man, you release that trauma a lot of times, man, you feel lighter. So and that's, that's the goal is to oh, make I'm us sure. all feel a lot lighter. It's, it's that word specifically lighter is what I've heard several people say. So you're not the only one. It's just, that's the only way that you can articulate it is that you just feel lighter. And I, having not experienced it, I, I don't necessarily know, but I, I know what I, I can still relate to the feeling. And when you say, just feel lighter. Um, so thanks. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for, for taking care of the folks that have, um, you know, gone before us and that will, will come after us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's extremely important. So appreciate you doing that. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like what I'm doing, like where I'm at. So, you know, it's, <laughs> but you, you, the drinking part though, for real, like, that is the one thing. And that's, that's actually the comment that I wanted to make. I was texting air and saying, Hey, I want to add to this, but, um, that is the, the drinking part is what a lot of our guys end up going, going down that, that kind of road. And it's, it's yep. unfortunate. So, um, yep. I know several people that have said that, Hey, this, this helped me course correct. Yeah. And it's a lasting change and it's, uh, <clears throat> it's out there saving lives. So man, Jacob, this feels like a good place to close from, from the very beginning of your career, you know, TAC P guy that ended up finding a way, you know, past your, past your initial failure and then finding a way onto the Moffat team and all of the impacts that you made throughout your, you know, your careers through Skillbridge, man, all that stuff is, is awesome. And now moving on to that second part of your life, doing the marriage and family counseling stuff and still finding a way to give back to the community. Man, it's awesome. Uh, I, I just want to say thanks from Peaches and myself. And, you know, Trent would say it too, if he wasn't off gallivanting wherever it is that he's gallivanting. But when there's too many PJs on the podcast, he typically doesn't want to be involved, yeah, you know? I feel you. I mean, I get it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no judgments there. Yeah. But, uh, man, I just want to say thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. And we always end with a piece of advice. Right. So, uh, you know, for all those folks, and it might not be guard or reserve, it might just be some folks that are trying to do something as impossible as become a pararescueman. If you could give one piece of advice to those folks, what would you, what would you tell them? Man, you finding that strength, like finding that resiliency, um, training yourself in that resiliency, because for us, like, I always think like PJs, I think, uh, uh, Sergeant Alec said it best is, you know, wow, I know Melvin Alec, that is a callback. Yeah. What up? Yep. But I mean, he said it best, man. It's like all of us have like these big little black, empty holes that we just keep wanting to fill in. Right. And we try to do it whatever way we can, you know? And, um, for us, I always think about that, that, that resiliency piece, like, it's the only commonality because I mean, you know, I think of operators and PJs and everybody, you know, just across the board, we're just like as diverse as a group as you're ever going to come across, you know, like, and you know, you've trained a bunch of people, you've trained, you know, plenty of cones and you can't pick who's going to pass. Like you could be like that guy for sure. Yeah. He's so strong and guys like him. That's my horse. Yeah. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then they're like, I quit. I'm, I hate this, yep. you know, and you're like, cool, right away. Well, that sucks. But, but that piece of it, man, that, you know, 
if you want to start this kind of career, know yourself, know yourself enough to know, like, have you put yourself in situations where you've had to persevere, had to be resilient, had to kind of get through something. And if you haven't, if you haven't had a hard talk with yourself, if you haven't been at the bottom or failed a bunch of stuff and been able to kind of rise back up, like this might not be the career for you because the only thing I know for sure is we fail all the time. Like when you try ego, it gets a little bruised and it's too much. Like this ain't the place for you, man. But if you're the kind of person who, you know, can rise above that kind of stuff for sure, you know, come to us. We, we love to have you like that's, you know, future generations, man. If we can get everybody through, we will, but you know, they've got to do it themselves so dang right got to do your own work first jacob thanks again for coming on the podcast everybody else like follow subscribe on all of the platforms you can find us anywhere if you just google one's ready we come up on the first page now so no big deal that's a little humble brag so go to onesready.com you can find us everywhere we are and go and uh, hit us up on ig if you got any questions we always engage with everybody jacob once again thanks for coming on we really appreciate it everybody else train hard see you next time